Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm a little bit stressed. Just a tiny little bit. I should probably stop drinking coffee. I think you're, you know, these are the good problems that we have, right? Stress? (laughs) No. Doing something that's outside of our comfort zone. Is that why you're stressed? I am stressed. Well, yeah, yeah, that is part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, it's weird. I go through this process of like, hell yeah. You know, like I'm so like fire, like there's no stopping me. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just like this wave of, yeah, I'm going to keep going. And then... Enthusiasm. Yeah, or just passion or whatever, you know? And then all of a sudden, if I, like, sit for a little bit and my brain starts to go, then I start to get, like, this total anxiety about things, you know? like, And I start to doubt, you know? It's sort of like, I don't know. It's very, very strange. So uh, I go back and forth with that, those feelings. Hmm. I know. I mean, it's good to have the enthusiasm as you're creating. And then it's, I mean, it's not necessarily good to be fearful as you're um, offering, but it is common. Not that that's going to make you feel better. Yeah. But I, yeah. <clears throat> and I, and I know that I got to yeah. stop it kind of, but still, I mean, I, it is scary. I mean, this is, it's scary for me. So let's not keep them in suspense anymore. Okay. (laughs) Elsie is, has, well, first of all, she updated her website, which is a miracle. Let's not. I know it is a miracle. miracle It's been since since I've known you, which is. Since before we started the podcast. No. Yes. Since 2011. You've never had, you had a website, but. It was oddly dysfunctional. Exactly. And yeah. some pieces didn't work and it was broken and then you didn't have the time to fix it. So if you guys go to lcescobar.com, it looks really fun and cool. And then you can go under the work with me section and she has like what her magical uh, magical traits powers. are and her skills and magical thank you magical powers and then she has two <laughs> offerings one-on-one strategy and something called the e-league which i had a funny pun this morning that now i forget oh no Let's you're gonna have it. to bring it up ah, i'm so annoyed yeah it was a good name for your group but now i lost it i should have written it down damn it anyway so yeah so you guys have to check it out because i don't think enough people understand what your special skill is like for mine. And I mean, I always used to make fun of Denise Duffield Thomas for the same thing where I was, she was just like, I make all the money and I help people (laughs) manifest money. I'm like, right, right. It's so easy to explain that. I help monetize podcasts. Like that's so easy. It wasn't easy when I was like, help boost your brand and streamline and da, 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 da. So I'm going to, I'm going to lay it out for you now. 
in my words. Okay. And then you can read it on lcescobar.com in Elsie's words. Ready? All right. Here's what Elsie does. If you have content that you feel is like kind of boring or you feel like it's like not unique in comparison to other podcasts, Elsie looks at it and then gives you a billion suggestions as to how it can be not just unique, but like the unicorn of podcasts. I don't know how she does it. And she can do it with any show. I challenge you even to write her and say, here's my show. Make it something unique and different that no one's ever seen before. And and within five minutes, she'll have a brilliant idea that you will slap yourself and be like, why can I not think of those things? That's Elsie's skill, in my opinion. She can do it for branded podcasts. She can do it for individual podcasts. She can do it for big corporations. She can do it for shows that haven't even started yet. So if you're the kind of person who's just like, I need this to stand out. I need this to be amazing. This is what you need to pay her to do. And I mean, I th- and I think most people who even contact me and they want me to help them monetize, like if you're worried that like your show's not as special as it could be, contact her first. Go to her first because in your effort to change and evolve your show, it'll help me sell it easier. So what do you think about that, Elsie? Is that accurate, good. do you think? That's good. That's cool. I can do that. And I can do that with the one-on-one stuff, which we were talking about. Now, the E-League is something different, which is something that's making the – when I started to figure that out. So basically, E-League is is working with me one-on-one plus a component of community together with like a group of these podcasters that are going to be working together with me for these five weeks, right? And the reason that this came up is because a lot of my clients are amazing. When I started to work with them, I binge listen to their shows. That's actually par for the course. Not something that I'm that I do because I have to. It's because meaning that it's something that I write and it's like a it's a chore. It's something I I ha- I feel like it's absolutely necessary for me to listen to your work. So I binge listen and I go, oh my god, these people are amazing. I mean, some of these podcasters that are coming to me, I'm like, I don't know why they're coming to me because this is awesome already. Um, and all kinds of things like their audio quality is incredible. Their content is insane. Their vision is passionate and clear. And then there's still this like thing that's not working. They're not getting heard. Right. And this is, isn't this a problem? Like these amazing podcasts out there where it's like, they're not getting the, the listenership or the growing base or whatever. And it's making me nuts because Everything out there is not helping them grow. Everything out there is about, hey, look at this data. Hey, look at these strategies, uh, online strategy, marketing stuff. Hey, look at this Twitter thing. Oh, how do you use Facebook ads to get more people to listen to your show? How do you optimize your iTunes thing? How do you get featured in iTunes? Like all of this stuff is so outside of what these podcasters need. And I feel that the necessary step is, first of all, it's advocacy and education inside of that. And if I can get in there, okay, so here's one, you actually have this in, um, let me see, I think you have this on, uh, on our news section, I believe where, where you have a, 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 an article here, it says, Oh, brand new best practices for podcasting. Yay. <laughs> that PDF that came out <laughs> from the download on yeah, podcasting. It's actually good advice, but okay. I was like, Great. all right. But so here's the, th- so here's the thing. One of my clients, April 8th, from it, it, she actually does stories for kids, and she she sings. She creates these 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 stories by by her in her own head. She has these incredible music that she puts together. I wish I could she, do that. She's I know she's insanely amazing. My kids love her show. When she started working with me, I was like, "What the? Why? 
Are people not listening to the show? Like I was so like floored. I did an insane amount of research for her. Like this is what I'm talking about in terms of advocacy and what this E-League is going to be about. It's about me being your 100% advocate, trying to get people to get to find your show while you also, of course, do some work with this. So what I did is I did all kinds of research around libraries, how to get her inside of libraries area, like, you know, trying to figure out how libraries work, being able to advocate for her. I went to my personal library. I introduced my local librarian to April 8th. And what can I do to get somebody to listen to this? Do you think, you know, this is insane. So she started to think about it with me. At the same time, I had somebody reach out to me that said, hey, do you know of any podcast out there that are doing some different things that are not the usual? And guess what I said? April 8th. I just had April 8th. And guess what happened? She was featured on the downloads on podcasting, which is this nice. thing that you that was just put out by the Digital Media Research and Development Lab. So she's getting all of this extra press because why? She had me on her team. So <laughs> so that's what I'm seeing. It's like there's little bits of pieces that my passion for this stuff goes beyond what you're capable of at times. And I have to get a chance to show this to you. So if we get a group of people like my existing you know, uh, clients are brilliant. But if we can all get together and do this in a different way, not how can you get me featured in iTunes, not how can you get me to optimize my website for this crap. It's about more. And I have the access and the skill set to do this. So anyway, if you're interested in doing the E-League, it's going to be off the hook. And I'm really so behind this, I hope to get people's podcast out there a lot more. And the kind, and if you're wanting to do something different for your show, if you're if you're feeling that there's something like, oh, just like what Jess said, like there's something like, I don't know, this isn't feeling like it's me, or this isn't feeling like I'm doing enough, or I I don't know, this is not working for me. This is when you come and work with me and by yourself and with this incredible group together. So mm-hmm. that's it. Yes. Um, I do want to ask you for clarification on one of your bullet points on this page. Oh, yes, I know. And I know Elsie's bullet point. First of all, I just have to tell you guys that (laughs) Elsie asked me to go over her website. I'm sure I did way more than she asked me to do, because when someone asks me to, like, look over their website and tell me what they think, like, you know, I can usually do like the stick to one or two fonts and, you know, whatever. But I'm also trained as, you know, as a website, like um what's the word like a like an editor kind of like yeah, I'm she did, not yeah. trained like I went to school but I had a job where my job was to like skim pages and make sure they were perfect with very 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 tiny attention to detail like like it was for subaru.com and I had to make sure that each specification of the car was correct so consequently <laughs> I can see typos and things quickly um, so I, I, she only, there's only four pages, but it was like a, like the longest email she ever wanted. And part of it's because when I see something wrong, I copy the copy, put it in the email and go, this should be this. So she can just copy and paste it back correctly yeah. rather than have to dig and find. So it's actually easier for her, but probably intimidating to see anyway, <laughs> on this particular page, um, <laughs> Her, her first thing is, who is this for? For diehard podcasters only, you know podcasting's in your bones, check. You have something to say to so many more people, check. You know what's possible and what you're capable of, check. You define cultural creative. Hold up, yo. I know. And what I'm, does that and you know, mean? I'm not going to even change it. You know what? Because I know what that means and I know people who are 
cultural like that that cultural creatives yes you start to change you change the culture that you are working in like let's talk about uh, so work for moms you define cultural cultural creative creative absolutely see you made that up no i did not no 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 you You talked to kate stillman you talked to kate stillman and she totally knows what that is because she she, made it up then she totally started to shift (laughs) and that's what it is you know what it is it's about starting to shift the culture around what your vision and what your mission is if you know i know what you you meant by it yeah exactly didn't speak to me right away right and so for the but for the people that read that, and that's why I didn't change it. The people who read that are going to know it. And that's who I want. Yeah. So if I, if you're like, what does that mean? That's so weird. I'm not sure. Then I don't want you. I'm just kidding. No, but oh. it's like, but it's like, it's no, it's just one of those things where I just kind of want to know. I want the language well, why couldn't to be. You write something you want to redefine the culture around you. Okay. That's cool too. That's cool too. I, I like that. I like that. That makes more – that at least I know what you're talking about. But it sounds like you, you made up a term and then told me I had to be that term. And so <laughs> – Do you know what would, I mean? It's like you'd – Say that again. you got to say that again because I'm writing it down. It sounds like you made up a term no, and no. then challenged me to be that term. So it's kind of like you're a cultural pundit for societal tickles. And I was like, wait, how do I know if that I'm that thing? You know what I mean? Because like defining cultural creative, like what if I like I know what you meant, but at the time I when I again I, web web people are skimming, right? So I was just kind of like, could you back up there? But yeah, if you said like you want to redefine society and your and the culture around you or some aspect of your current culture, that makes more sense. If you you want to help redefine X. Right, right. Then yes, yeah. this is for me. Then actually, yes, this this group is for me right. because I do want to do that with within my top, you know, wh- while I stay in my lane. Yeah. I don't need to de- redefine it for everybody. No, no, that's but, what I'm saying. Yeah, but, no, um, and that's what I and that's yeah. exactly what I mean because it's not like I'm sitting here asking everybody to redefine society, but society, just, you know. Right. But for you, it, within your your, you know, like even in our home, like we redefine what yeah. is. I don't know, homeschooling or something like that. And then this is where we, what we stick to. And therefore we speak to a specific type of person. So we don't have to like part, part of the, what I feel with podcasting a lot of the time and the growth is that we tend to get stuck uh, in trying to teach people the basics of what that redefinition is. So we never grow Mm -hmm. rather than key in on the people that already speak that language or that are already kind of in so that you can then expand it from there. And that's kind of how I felt when I was teaching yoga as well. Every single time I was going into a public yoga class, it was like, okay, this is downward facing dog. Okay, stretch your hands, make sure that they are spread, you know? And I always had to come back to teaching people how to do that one pose. Where, But there's so much more about yoga that has nothing to do with the poses. And that's where I wanted the conversation well, course, I wanted to have. Right. You know, that's where I wanted to right. go. But most people are coming in going like, well, no, but how do you lose weight? No, wait, wait, I'm really <laughs> tight. No, wait, how do I calm <sighs> down? And I'm like, I don't want to have, this is not the conversation I want to have anymore. Therefore, I quit. <laughs> because it was boring to me. Like, I don't want to keep on talking about this. This is not my conversation. So this is yeah. why I created this. And that's why I'm like, if you redefine that culture, like I will help you do that for yourself. 
so that you can continue, so that we can continue to do this. So anyway, that's like, that's yeah. the thing. You'll also see a variety <laughs> of photos of Elsie against very interesting and beautiful backgrounds. And yes, I don't know will. how you got so many pictures of yourself, full body shots that take up the whole screen. And there's not two or three. I mean, there's like eight different Elsie poses. Elsie wanted frolicking in her case. Elsie in front of bookcase. Elsie outside in front of stone wall. Yes. <laughs> yes. So frolicking was part of it. Like I wanted energy and fun anyway. So then the next thing to do is to keep your eyes out for possible walls that can come up <laughs> in your environment that are clean walls with nothing. Eyes peeled for clean walls. Yes. People. For clean walls. You know, cause it's really hard to find walls that are nice, that have texture mm. in them and that also don't have random crap. You know, at the bottom, because usually there's boxes or like a bush or trash up against a wall somewhere, you know? Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's the other thing. Okay, that to keep an eye out. Number third, the third thing, you always have to have a little tripod in your bag. So I also I always have a little tripod in my bag that I, mm -hmm. whenever I see a wall or wherever I see a background that I'm like, ooh, this is, would be a really cool background for a website. Because I had this idea in my head. And I've had this idea for a while now, like all of these different types of scenarios that I had of getting pictures. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to hire a photographer at any specific time. So I had these ideas in my head. And so then the last thing is that there was an app. There's actually an app for the iPhone. It's called Fast Camera. I think it's free. And what it does is it takes a bunch of shots of you, like really fast, um, you, you put a timer on it and then it will do like a burst of like, I think anything from three photos all the way up to 10 photos within a span of a certain amount of seconds. And then it also has seconds in between. So you can set it to, let's say, take five pictures of you with three seconds in between each shutter count. So then you just have to be prepared. You set the camera in your little tripod somewhere in front of you. You frame it. And then you go to the spot, you, get, you press the, the fast camera thing, you run by yourself, you stand in front of the, cam of the thing, and then you know that if it goes, you'll have three seconds to change poses. It's <laughs> exhausting. I'm so exhausted. Then, I so did that. And I'm like, oh, and then of course I remove the ones that are like lame or the ones that are a mid movement. And I just kept the ones that I'm like, okay, that's kind of cute. All right. That's kind of cute. That's cool. And right. that's how I did it. And I've, yeah, so that's what I've done mostly with a lot of these shots is like whenever I find a background that I like, I go, okay, I'm going to take a few photos of me right now, full body. I mean, they're fantastic. <laughs> and then and then the last thing, can I share your, um, it wasn't yes. even a typo. Oh, my God. But just it wasn't a typo. I found. It was, oh, my God. Okay, so oh God. on the Work With Me page, the first paragraph under one-on-one -on -one podcasting strategy sessions. Oh, my God. I'm so I, Again, people are, people are skimming. So here's what Elsie meant for it to say. You want your podcast to take you somewhere and you think you have an idea of where. You want someone to guide you, make suggestions, and make sure the destination is right for you. Enter me. Right? But yes. that's not what I read because there's no, <laughs> there's no comma. There's only an exclamation point. So it says, to me it said, you want someone to guide you, make suggestions, and make sure the destination is right for you. Enter me. <laughs> And I was like, no, we don't I'm tell so your, we can't tell our, um, our clients to enter us. I 
And I'm not sure what grammatically had to change for it to sound like enter me. So I said, no, Elsie, try. That's where I come in. (laughs) So she changed it. So now it says, that's where I come in. (laughs) Enter me. (laughs) Ta-da! I was like, that's adorable. I I was like. So I was like, at first when she sent that to me, I was like, because I texted it to her and about? I'm like, don't tell yeah. your clients to enter you. <laughs> and she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I totally didn't even. I was like, I never wrote that. And enter then, me. Uh, enter. And then when she sent me the notes and I finally got a chance to go, you know, little by little, all these little things, I was like, oh my God, how. How mortifying that is. I was so embarrassed. Yeah. And then I could understand what it said, but then I didn't mean it that way. I mean it as in like, and I told her, I'm like, I meant it as in like, ta-da! Here and that's I am. how it sounded. Yes. <laughs> Enter me. Well, because you know why? Because call me is written the same way. Call me. Text me. Right. Enter me. Right. That's why right. it sounded like that. <laughs> exactly. In some cases, a few more words are helpful. (sighs) Okay. (laughs) That is a talent, I have to say. (laughs) Oh, God. Hilarious. So thank you for uh, that. Always a good. Oh, my God. That's so. Always a good story when it comes to you, Elsie. (laughs) Elsula. Fabulous. All right. All well, right. anyway, if you're interested, so, go. You'll have see a link in the show notes for both go. of those ways or you working with me because I hope to start this. Um, it's like an immersive like five weeks where we're going to really do this. So please contact yeah. me as soon as possible. Go check it out. There's an application process and all this kind of stuff because I got to feel it. I got to feel you out, man. Got to feel you out. She's got to feel But not it. enter me. But not enter me. Without you entering her. <laughs> yeah. She has to feel it without. so don't be disappointed when that when that opportunity does not present itself during the application process are dudes allowed to apply they are right they are yes they are they are but you will not be entering her so get it out of your head now yes get it out of your head now so anyway there's that okay no oh my god let's uh, move on (laughs) Let's do that was someone that maybe did get that chance, but no. <laughs> no, Mike. Okay, we need to stop it. All right, Love so it. link so in the show funny. notes. Link in the show okay, notes. All right, notes. but we have to mm, move on because we have so much to cover. Oh my god, I can't even take it, you guys. That was awesome, you guys. I didn't even know we had that. that oh so my great. god. Num num. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I'm choking. That's hilarious. Oh my god, stop it, John. Oh, okay. It's funny when it's not happening to me. It's even Yeah, funnier. see that? That's not Never good. Okay, so we're going to move. Woo! We're moving okay. on. We're moving on to moving some on. news. We're going to move to some news. The news you can use for the informed podcaster. Podcasting news. All right, okay. so can we do a really quick S-Town follow-up? Yeah, but do you want okay. just... Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yep. No, no, no. I was Why? just going to see if we could talk about, just for people, um, before we forget, oh, who yeah. are um, thinking about going to Podcast Movement, if you want a discount yes. right now, it's 15% off if you use the She Podcast code, which is She Podcasts. 
Um, dun, dun, dun. So please. No spaces. No spaces, just she podcast, 15% off, which I believe is a bigger discount than anyone else can offer because I was told that and it better be true. So, <laughs> so yeah, so check it out and please, we'd love to see you. And now Absolutely. let's talk about S-Town, baby. Woohoo. All right. S-Town. So I'm going to do a follow up here other than the fact that, you know, it's actually broken a bunch of records since we last spoke about this. I Do you guess think it, it's you know, weird that every time we mention a show, it goes gangbusters? I don't think that's a coincidence. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. But okay, it's so we, I know, right? It's because of us. We it are the ones that are doing this. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, it's, it, it actually surpassed 10 million downloads in like, I don't know, obnoxiously like four days or something like that. I don't know what it was. But it actually hit a bunch of – it's crazy. It's insane. So everybody's talking about it. I've seen a lot of people on social media talking about it for the most part. For the most part, there's been a lot of positive feedback about S-Town in most places. And, and you remember when I talked about, like, I'm sure somebody's going to have a dissenting opinion when I was talking about how like, awesome it was? Because there has to be. I mean, you can't do anything without somebody else going like, well, no, no. So now there's a lot of interesting conversation around, again, the ethics of S-Town. Here we go. Here we go, right? So there was a lot of, of con- controversy about privacy, again, about talking about the privacy of the people involved in S-Town, the people involved being so candid with their opinions. Because I know, Jess, you haven't listened yet, but there's like, you know, there are conversations that it does feel like, I don't even know how he got some of this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. because it's like... He he doesn't have like a little iPhone recorder. I mean, he has like headphones and an actual like big daddy, like Mac daddy thing. And for like, you can't fake it. It's not like he's got like a bug and nobody knows that he's recording. It's in front right. of their faces. But they're saying some really intimate stuff or candid things. And I'm like, wow, I can't even believe it, right? I mean, it feels like you're like intruding in some way. But a lot of people started to talk about the ethics around revealing some conversations that the main character may not have wanted to reveal. And also some, because of the fact that this is a, an Alabama town that has, it's a small town that has perhaps uh, for most people, a certain way of thinking that <laughs> that um, culturally yes. speaking, there there are some things that are may not be uh, very progressive, or uh, there are still a lot of prejudice uh, in the town. To be, you know, and there's a lot of of um, talk about uh, race, but also about sexual preference. And to be able to disclose some of this information, I don't, I also don't want to let it, I don't want to disclose anything for somebody who hasn't heard it. So that's why I'm being so vague, but mm-hmm. there's, there is discussion about, you know, the right or the ethics behind a journalist basically outing people out. Hmm. Outing people as in telling people that they're homosexual. Yes. Or, or that they have d- different <clears throat> types of sexual preferences. Uh, or likes in, and in not necessarily of sexual. Yeah, I, that, yes, exactly. I don't want to go into it, but there are this, there is a discussion okay. about some of that stuff inside too. And okay. the thing is, it's, it's not necessarily because it's, 
I guess I'm not saying it's so bad to out somebody. But the thing is well, that... Well, it's not great. You kind of would great. like for people to be able to do that for themselves. Absolutely. But the other it's thing ideal is... if you can out yourself and not be outed, I think. Right. It's, right. it's actually around in an unnamed... And this is what really got me where I was like, oh, I didn't even think about that. An unnamed person who is simply alluded to uh, in the town that mm-hmm. um, could possibly be gay. Um, okay. and that per- But nobody, no names are said, none of that stuff. There's no description, nothing. But mm-hmm. in a small town, you could, as a listener of the small town, you could kind of guess who that person might be. Well, right. You know? And so, like... I mean, it, like it or not, people sometimes have gaydar. Yes. But, right? what, what, and again, and the other thing, too, is that, again, in in this small town, that's not particular... You do, don't want to be gay in this small town. You don't want... That's, that. You just don't. Just move, you know? people. Move away from those towns. Yeah. So, anyway, that's bad. that was really interesting, because I was like, oh, my gosh. But there's, like, all of this stuff about... And then, actually, something that you can think you really, I think, will resonate with you too. There's, I mean, this is about mental health a lot, uh, Jess. Mm-hmm. It's very inside of of the mind of of this person and and the inner workings of somebody who is who who's got something going on inside of their brain that is a little bit weird, you know, a little bit funky, uh, a little bit funky. <laughs> but in you know, and that, but but anyway, I just think that it's. It's an interesting debate. And then the, there's a, the other conversation is about the ethics around disclosing this, right, which I was just talking about. But there was an interview with the producer, Brian Reed, and he was asked, this is by Time. I think it's, it's from Time.com. It's this article. I'll put links in the, in the comments here, uh, in the, sorry, not in the comments, in our show notes. But um, this is the question that the, the, the guy, the reporter asked him. He said, you said they go out. They they got a kick out of it, and people ended up revealing really personal stuff to you. How did you explain what you were doing there and was serial and what serial is? Um, and then he said, "I told them a lot of people could could hear this um, with John. He was a listener of our show and reached out to us. So you have to remember that the guy, the main dude that this is about, was already a listener of NPR." In terms Mm -hmm. of Tyler and his family is another character. I just uh, sat down with him to make sure that he understood what it means. A lot of people did not know Serial and had not heard of our show. Honestly, the concept uh, a lot of people have is that we're really, really reality TV. And they were signing up for that. (laughs) Oh, you have to come see my Uncle Jimmy. He'd make a great story. I think it's important to be straight up and clear, but not overprotective of people. They have the agency to say yes. And they have the agency to try to make your story be even more prurient. That's a new word for me. Than you would want it to be. And you would have to to tone it back. So, yeah. So that's what he said. But then there's this question. There's been a debate about podcasts that do these deep investigations and whether they can exploit people's lives for entertainment. As we talk about people. The answer is yes, they can. Don't. Okay, so as we talk about people having it up for the microphones, because that's what you just mentioned, including using racial epithets, epithets, I'm curious how you walk the line between painting a very specific picture of this place and making a piece of entertainment where your listeners are maybe tuning in to be like, wow, those people are so not like me. Okay, so he had a really interesting answer here. He said, I don't think that there are, that there are, 
are only racists down south. I've heard people use that word elsewhere. Yes, they're putting on a bit of a show for the microphone, showing off their tattoos and things like that. And I've talked to other people who are from the south that point out that this is what people sometimes do to an outsider is to test them a little bit. Someone says a word and they give you a look to see what what you're going to say. I don't think that's exploitative to include that in a portrait of a real place. I think if it's surprising people, then all the more important to include it. Now, he never answered about the deep investigations and whether they can exploit people's lives for entertainment, though. He never because Answer we all know question. the answer is yes. <laughs> I'm sorry to say. But yeah, is that how you feel, dude? Well, see, because then I was just yeah. thinking about this too, though. Because it's like, all right, so somebody's doing because somebody's doing a documentary. Now wait, now we're talking about a non-famous person, right? Not Richard Simmons. No, not this Kurt is Cobain. a non. Yeah, this is a non-famous. He totally non-famous. Can you ruin someone else's private life for entertainment? I mean, I think it's not very nice. Possibly, so. but, but the other thing too, though, is that they did this for, again, we were talking about, about this post pre-show. This started in 2014. I have a feeling that they've been down this road before, meaning as a journalist, that mm-hmm. they know that they have to disclose to the people that they're recording them to make yeah. sure that the people that are, are being recorded understand, just like how you explained there, that what this is. They also mm-hmm. have, I'm sure... Dis, uh, dis, what, it, what are they called? Not disclosures, but um, you know when you give them to sign somebody to sign something? Waiver. Waivers. Yeah. Yes, they have waivers, mm-hmm. full understanding. This is what's happening. This is what we're doing so that there is an understanding about what's happening here and they get it so they can have, they can say no. They can say, no, you cannot use that or I am not signing this out right. and stuff like that, right? They can Usually do that. They make you sign it beforehand. Of course, absolutely. Yeah. And so if you do that, there is there is a protocol to this because obviously this happens. Now, here's the other thing. I found this on theweek.com that actually encapsulates this type of podcast, which I hadn't really labeled yet. It is, you know, um, this is what the quote said from the, from the Week article. It says, quote, creative nonfiction differs from journalism to the extent that it recognizes the truth as subjective, unquote. Because in this um, <clears throat> podcast, the story was told and it was told from a specific point of view. And it was geared towards, pre- you know, s- presenting in quotes, the truth of what happened in this relationship or this town from that one place. It wasn't an objective, uh, you know, expression because he was also very, very um, keyed in as to when he was going to reveal certain information as you went through the story. Like not everything is presented at once. Everybody is presented at a specific time for the entertainment value, to be honest. You know, it, it, that is for what it's for. So what do you think about that, Jess? I mean, I haven't heard the um, I haven't heard the podcast, but yeah. <clears throat> what I keep thinking about is, you know, because you say, like, you don't want to be gay in this town. If the person ends up not being gay, even though it's not very um, positive LGBTQ, it, he could sue the podcast for slander because slander is. The definition of slander is, you know, a a negative statement that may 
cause um, this person's reputation to be damaged. And technically, even though being homosexual should not cause your reputation to be damaged in this culture, it does. So, and by the way, just the difference between libel and slander is libel is written and slander is spoken. Hmm. Other than that, there's no difference. Both of them mean that you say something that can damage a person's reputation and possibly their ability to make a living going forward. What they're doing and what you're doing here is if you, if you're not absolutely sure, but it's possible that you could cause damage to this person's life, it's probably legally best that you don't do that. Never mind the fact that it's morally or immorally responsible, immorally responsible. <laughs> that it's morally responsible. That's a new one. Yeah. No, I totally understand. And, and I think, you know, it's, it's a very subtle point. And also I'm going to, yeah. you guys, if you guys are interested Did I not in answer the, your specific, what was your specific question? Well, the specific question I think is, is around this whole concept of creative nonfiction, because, you know, you were actually talking to us before the yeah. show about an idea that you had, right? And the thing is, the idea of the narrative that you were thinking of presenting out there is going to be subjective. You are going to be casting light on certain conversations over other conversations because you want to highlight that issue, that. But I'm not going to say, I th I think in that case, so what she's referring to is me um, interviewing or calling up places where my daughter had had treatment and just either recording the call or asking some questions about her care and level of care. First of all, I wasn't going to interview in a way that made them feel like I was attacking them. I might, I mean, maybe it would turn into that, but that's not my intention. The other part is that even though I'll probably mention the facility, I won't mention the, I thought I would keep the names of the people I spoke to anonymous redacted which is what we say on the feed redacted, redacted. name redacted or you so i thought that would else. save it from not being able for me not being able to air it. but yeah i am gonna have to also make them sign a waiver of course that i can use the i mean they'll at least need to know that they're being recorded yeah yeah you know? No, and it's true. And I guess what it is, it's like if, if I was thinking of like, you know, let's say I am telling a story about, let's say I'm telling a story about, you know, Hunter, my, my daughter, and, mm -hmm. you know, a story about, I don't know, the way that she plays uh, with other kids or something like that, you know, and like I'm, I'm casting light on the way that she does that. I'm going to tell the story that is around a specific type of play that she has. And what you know what I mean? And But if I want to tell the growth of the story or something like that, maybe I'll only reveal her past history. <laughs> like when she was five, she behaved in this way. Now she's eight. She behaves in this way. You know, right, and but maybe that's because she's alive. Yeah, she I don't have alive. to care that's what it. Emily thinks now. I only have to worry about like whether or not I feel that her, um, you know, memory, <clears throat> you know, I mean, there's – you know, there's different ways to look at it. Do I really have to? She certainly didn't worry about her reputation very often while she was alive. That's to start. That's, and that's then also true. she was very, um, you know, she was very strong willed about the fact that her story is her story to tell. And when I said to her, yes, but my story and my experience is my story to tell. She didn't disagree. So I can't speak to what was going through her mind. I can't speak for her, nor would I intend to. What I'd like to say, though, is like. You know, she was having this problem. Did you work with her this way? Did you work with her that way? Did you ever at any time think that there was something else going on? Like, this is my, you know, I'm not going, aside from what I experienced as her mother, I can't say what she thought unless it's something she specifically told me or wrote. I mean, I have journals and texts and stuff, but like, I don't think 
Well, first of all, I, 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 what, if she were alive, I don't think she would mind, but it doesn't matter because she's not. Right. You know, and so unless I do some kind of disrespect to her memory, which helping other people with mental health issues, how could that possibly do anything but honor her and what she went through? I think that's a great. I, I can't wait for you that's to a listen. Different no, point. Yeah, it is than a different what you're point. Saying. So, Heather Hunter is alive. She's eight years old, and right. you would. I think you would need to ask her. Listen, this is what I want to do. This is how I'm going to phrase it. How do you feel about this? If she doesn't like it, then you say, "Well, what if I did it from this point of view? What if mm-hmm. I only revealed from this to this?" Get her buy-in if they're right. alive. But then now we go back to S Town. Like, what if you can't do that because it's not your kid? It's a total. It's your neighbor across the street. Then what? Right. Yeah. And and the other thing, I mean, but I, now I really am interested for you to listen so that you can go back and listen. Yeah, I have to. Because I have to now. Because now there are different layers to what you just said. You, you, yeah, how actually, can we even I don't talk want, about again, it? Right. Yeah. I don't want, but, but the yeah. thing is, I don't want to disclose anything to anybody else who hasn't listened. So yeah. it'll inform a lot of what you're saying now. But I'm so intrigued. So you need to do it. Yeah. So. We're going to drop it. Is that okay? Drop it now and move on. Let's drop. We're dropping it. Okay. We're um, dropping it right and now. And we can combat, drop the possibly. next two things if oh, you want. Oh, we can. Just go okay. on to the, yeah. That's, All right. Yeah. All right. So are you ready I mean, for it? I can just very quickly for the uh-huh. next thing. There's a new – NPR is doing this new thing called Up First, which is yep. basically they're taking their morning edition and shortening it to five-minute bursts and then Actually, having it be like a – it's 12 minutes – it's a daily 12 minute podcast, which is almost oh, like, why don't we just take Clamor and put it on as a podcast, which I think what they're doing. It's like, well, it's I just interesting because I thought anybody who wants a new kind of format for a podcast, if you want to do like a daily burst, this is a good example. That's all. That's all I want it to is. I, I'm subscribed. I'm so happy they're doing this. And um, it reminds me of Mac OS Ken, which is one of my all time favorite podcasts that I listen to every day. And it's 12 minutes of Mac news, 12 to 17, 12 to 20, depending on the day. And I love it it's incredibly great for catching up cool. on everything so fast Very so cool. but this is my new one but anyway okay let's speaking of that's a new show do you want to go ahead and talk about um weird and wild weird show and of wild. the week yes. yeah let's do it weird and wild weird and wild weird and wild show of the week <laughs> The week. The okay. Week. Okay. Now this one. So, oh, you you added some things here. Okay. So, um, the first one is going to be one from me. Wondery has a new show, and just the title alone made me very excited. It's called "I Hate My Boss." Oh. And basically, the catch is: what do you do when blah? You hate your boss. It's workplace drama, comedic relief. Our workplace heroes: Liz Dolan from Satellite Sisters and yes, Larry Steele. Yes, we'll help you make the big decisions, better sort through the small stuff, and get more fulfillment from your work life. It's a fictional ad agency, Pen and Pencil. will serve as a comedic point of reference for listeners' questions. Do you have one? Call us. And actually, uh, I just listened quickly to episode two, and it's so great. Liz starts out the episode saying, you know, that one time... They were on a conference call. They were waiting for the client and they started getting a little dishy. And then all of a sudden there was a, which means that everything they said about the client and their coworkers was heard by the client. And she was hard. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. It was left on a voicemail. Oh, my God. Which at the time, because this was years ago, you couldn't just press pound and re-record. I can't. So she had I just no got... way of getting it back. Panic. Right. You're sick. You're sick to your stomach. I know. Panic. It's... A, it's it's a it's not weird, it's a little wild, but I have many, many, many stories about how and why I've hated my bosses. One of them spoke in baby talk all the time. That's not good. I had a boss that was like, Jess, I don't wanna 
Oh, my God. And I mean, my kids at the time were like five and six. I was like, I have to hear whining people all day. Woo. Okay. You there? Did I'm I here. No, no, no. Okay. I, I just wanted to give you space. Okay. I've had it. Okay. okay. Now, what about yours? Weird and wild. Okay. Tell mine um, is this one here. This one's called, it's called Cosmic Vertigo. Okay. Check this out. Mm. So this is from, <laughs> this is kind of crazy. So here's from the cosmosmagazine.com <gasps> article. If you've ever wondered how you might urinate on the moon, and even if you haven't, Cosmic Vertigo has the answer for you. The new you science, know, I have wondered that. I know. Isn't that crazy? So the new science podcast from the ABC takes you on a voyage through the universe. And who knew how sight-spittingly funny that could be? So this is astrophysicists Amanda Bauer and Alan Duffy make mm-hmm. for hilarious genuine, genuine co- uh, company as host of their explanations of the phenomenons that challenge the importance of our tiny existence are clear even from the for the lay listener. So I love this because this is all about just funky, weird science things that we've always wanted and it's for like the scientific novice so it's not like something that's going to be talking over your head it's sort of going to be brought down to a human level so i don't know i just think that this is a fantastic concept super interesting it's a great way to kind of get to your science on if it's not something that rocks your boat at all and makes it funny and accessible and i don't know i just think it's like really cool i love this idea so there's that yeah, it's kind of neato. So there's that. And then there's this other thing that I kind of wanted to bring. And I know this is something that was um, brought about a while ago. I believe that this was a radio, I think it's a radiotopia. It was a radiotopia, you know, when they were looking for new shows or past submissions and things like that. Like last year, at some point, you were able to kind of like write a pitch for your show and, and people could submit um, things so that they could see that they're going to pick a show and they picked a show. Uh, And this one is all about sort of like um, bringing, it's called ear hustle. And the ear hustle is basically about giving voice to prisoners in San Quentin. (laughs) And it's a riveting thing. It's like, and then everyone needs a voice. Everyone needs a voice, but it's really, really cool because they are actually taping inside of San Quentin and getting this conversation from the inmates. So it's just nuts. It's like Orange is the New Black, but real. Yeah. 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 So it's like very cool. It's kind of crazy. So anyway, you guys need to read this article. This is actually from SanQuentinNews.com. Who knew that Mm, you could have that? that I'll be honest with you. I don't think I could listen to it. And so it's um, I can't handle anybody else's sob stories right now. Well, I'm not sure my this own is, is a, enough. <laughs> I'm not sure that this is quite put as in a sob story, which I think is the anybody point who's in prison here. as a sob story. How's it possible? Well, that's that true, but I think that there's a way that you know there's a conversation going on. So you guys need to check this out. It's called Ear Hustle. So, um, yeah, check it out. Check it out. There's so many different layers to this because some of the, some of the, um, of course, people are going like, well, what do you mean? It's a white woman coming in to talk to these, you know, possibly I would assume there's a lot of, you know, black men or something or people of color or men of color inside San Quentin. And then there's like that talk, like, why is she coming? 
right? So yeah. it's really interesting to hear all of the stuff. So you guys check it out. Ear Hustle would be a good listen for you guys to check out as the Weird and Wild Show of the Week. Yeah. Um. All right. All right. All right. All right. Are we Time ready to give some shout pet outs? Peeves? No. Yes. Pet peeves. Before we get into that, oh, we have yes. to give a shout out to our editor. Um, yes, please. Our wonderful John Buchanan, who right now had to scramble because just a little while ago, we uh, disappeared from him. <laughs> In the middle, we just left. Never good. So Never good. we had a snafu, but he <laughs> exactly what he felt. <laughs> oh my God, what happened? But what's really great about having him here is that he was able to get us back on track really quickly, even when we have technical difficulties. You guys, the service that he's providing is off the hook. If you want to hire him, please, audioeditingsolutions.com. He is amazing, and it's just so great to have him as part of your team. It's just insane. So yes. please tell him we sent you. You'll okay. make you sound amazing. Amazing. So shall we do a little bit of pet peeves here? Jessica's pet peeves. Oh my god. So this is a little bit different because it's again it's me, dude. It's me. I have a pissy. I have a pissy thing. Here. You're a pissy. Okay, so what's your what are you pissy about? I'm a pissy about um the latest hot pod from Nick Qua. Um Oh, you and, are? Well, I am a little bit pissy about I didn't that know. because because he, I know, right? I just put this in there because I was just like, I wanted to write an article on this. See, one of the things like I want to start to do is you like yesterday's. You mean yesterday's? Yes, the one that just came out. Okay. Yes, all right. Because again, he's bringing uh, the conversation back to Apple, and I, and and one of the, re- and again, I'm going back to what I want to kind of focus on with the people that I work with because a lot of the time people are doing this. They're talking about industry, as in like it's the boss of yourself. It's like it's like the the only way things can actually be profitable or or successful is through the lens of Apple. And it drives me bananas that that much energy is putting out to do this kind of stuff. So th- it actually comes from a headline that he put inside of his uh, of his um, a newsletter that said Apple freeze. And I guess Digiday had put a, an article out where um, he was mentioning. The emerging windowing trend, which I had to Google because I had no idea what the heck windowing was. So windowing is this thing, you know, when you release something only to a certain platform and not all the platforms. Like the music industry has been doing this a lot. Um, Movies have been doing this where they like release a movie only to like a set of, of theaters first exclusive and then they release it later and then they've been music music has been doing this a lot like there's artists that are making deals with like spotify versus itunes music you know like that kind of stuff and they will release it in certain places first um and so now that's moving into podcasting people like gimlet media or stitcher you know with the the mineral thing like they're they're releasing some of their podcasts to those um platforms first so that only people who have access to premium will get that before everybody else. And so uh, Missing Richard Simmons did that, uh, I believe, for Stitcher Premium. And so only the people who, who had subscribed to Stitcher Premium got the episodes first, and then everybody else got them, okay? So it seems like Digiday just did an article on this windowing trend that I guess now is coming to the podcasting industry. Um Okay. And so then they start to highlight, and the whole point is that he says, um, this is a quote from the Digiday article, according to multiple people familiar with the matter, Apple was excited about promoting missing Richard Simmons until it heard about the windowing strategy, and they subsequently abandoned all the marketing plans for the show, those people said. 
Okay. So it seems like Apple doesn't like this whole windowing thing. So, you know, if you release a podcast, just release it to everybody. Don't do it just in some places because that's what they, they just didn't like. Supposedly. Now, this is all conjecture because it's not, it's not a proven thing. Now, this is what Nick's had to say about it. He said, And if we still buy the premise that Apple continues to drive the majority of podcast listening, and if we also continue to buy that the iTunes front page is still a meaningful driver of podcast discovery, then we are left with what is the clearest example of Apple previously described as a dominant but hands-off of the podcast ecosystem, actively placing its thumb on the scale when it comes to dictating the shape of the space. The missing Richard Simmons ended up being a success regardless I know. This is just funny. And then, and then he goes, that Richard Siemens ended up being a success regardless is interesting, but nonetheless irrelevant, which is nuts to me that he said that. This is a situation that feasibly validates that fears of those of us who are concerned about the unchecked conduct of Apple as a governing platform. Okay, so here's the thing, dudes. If you have a great podcast, it's just going to do well. And if you have a small-ish type podcast, like, and again, I'm going to bring back again April 8th to the mix. I don't expect something that's coming from a an independent podcaster like April, who is an incredible artist on her own accord, but she is catering to kids, little kids, in fact, from ages from like three to eight years old or so. Like that's a small base. I don't expect even if she, you know, got like a big feature on app, app, on the iTunes store. Yeah, it's going to help her, but it's a much smaller thing. Right? I think that there's a different way to approach different podcasts. And the other thing is that he says, he says that it's irrelevant or irreverent. Is that what he said about Missing Richard Simmons still being a huge success, even though they weren't featured? Isn't that what the whole thing is here, that we should be featured because I, Apple owns the universe? But yet they were still successful. So it doesn't that disprove what he's just saying? I think what's tough is that this is a completely different conversation. He's talking about the industry as like in a top layer, like not even I'm talking, I'm not even talking procaster and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I'm talking at the top layer, as in like in your head, as in like the philosophy, as in like not in the trenches, as in like not really feeling out what the pulse of podcasting is, or even focusing on the way people are consuming, which to me, again, is one of the biggest focus points that needs to, that is going to grow podcasting. And no one is talking about that. They're talking about Apple. Apple needs to not, needs to feature everyone. Uh, Apple is the one that has the control. It's like, what? I don't know about that. So you, you don't, it seems to me that you disagree with me though. Like yeah, you kind of like feel like you kind of agree with him with the Apple thing. He hits every angle to the point of me feeling a little dizzy. And so I stop understanding what I thought I knew. And I start, he right. makes me just, it's exhausting. So as far as Apple, I mean, this is kind of a heady topic, but like, I feel like they don't want to be a governing body yet. They end up being a governing body by default. So if you're going to be a governing body, whether it's on purpose or by accident, shouldn't you step up to that challenge? That's the question. Yeah, I, I, I actually think so that, far that, they think, I think no. that they is think the question. No, but yeah. I kind of think I yes. Think, well, I kind of think no. If they, if they want to step up, out of it, it's sort of like, um, sort well, you, of like Google. What, I think Google... what you want is no. But, but, yeah. but what if you and I decided we didn't want to govern She Podcast? We just wanted to have a, I mean, whether we want you want to or not, there it is. 
Yeah, but it's our show. That's a different topic. So it would be like Google, though. It's like Google deciding, having just developed a specific algorithm that when it first came out, it only, um, it, it was, you know, leaning towards one type of result at the beginning. Let's say Google did that. And they haven't uh-huh. changed it so that it's still doing that. And then now things have changed. So instead of them governing it, I think the algorithm or whatever the back end part of it needs to be sort of shifted or, or changed in some way so that it's a little bit more equal. And then if they do, and I mean, I'm not sure what kind of deals they make, but I'm sure that it's the same way in music or in apps. I'm not sure how apps in the app store are featured. Like, I don't know if that's a, is that a paid thing? Like, do you make a deal with Apple or is it really based on how popular an an app is when it gets to be that way? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, And and in the music thing, like who gets the the big banners? Is that again, something that Apple goes like, we really love your music. Can we feature you? Or is it something that the record companies are talking with Apple and saying, hey, let's make a deal um, and you feature us? And then yeah, like how something would we ever, happens. Yeah. How would we it, ever know? Right. Because, um, <laughs> because we're not in music. Right. And so what I'm saying is, is it all the way across that way? Like the music and the apps and the, app and the uh, podcasts, do they all have the same sort of way to be featured? Like, I don't know. I don't know if the different teams have different conversations. I don't know if the algorithms are the same because I feel that we're a little bit closer to the app store than the music store mm-hmm. as as podcasters. And I know that the app developers are also finding, you know, again, if they're featured in a top 10 or if they're featured in a specific, you know, like let's say in a productivity bundle, their app sales go nuts. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so it's the same thing. Apple truly does govern a lot. But at the same time, these app developers are also working their tushies off to get themselves known. Like all the people from Smile, the Smile apps, like Text text Expander and stuff like that. They've been um, advertising in podcasts for years. That's how come I knew about Text Expander. and, And the apps that I've bought, that I have bought from the App Store, have been because I've heard about or read about somebody else using them and loving them, rather than me going into the App Store and trying to find the best writing app. Because there's so many. I don't know which one's good. So mm-hmm. I think podcasts are the same way. We have to find a different way. We have to find our people, which is, again, what I want to do instead of focusing on how to get the Apple. Apple. I mean, I think Nick's point is just that they either need to S or get off the P, I think. I think that they need to, I think that we need to stop focusing so much attention on that. I mean, I know. You hate, I know. I do. I hate that. I think Apple's fine. I think they can do whatever they want. And I'll be like, oh, dude, thanks so much for the feature. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. Like, I want to keep it at that. I don't want to keep it as in like, please, 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 can you help me? Please, 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 can you help me? Because it's like, can you? I know they'd be opening themselves up to constant, (gasps) like, constant begging if they did that. Yes, and they are not. They're not a a feature. Like they they deliver content. They're distributors. They're not hosts. So anyway, whatever. They make software and hardware. That's what they make their money off of. (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, 
So anyway, that's why it's, that's my pet peeve. But now you've got some tool tips because here I don't have any. So look, we've switched around. So you I know. How about tips? it? Yep. Elsie's tool tips. It's not my tool tips. It's yours. Go. Hello. I was gearing up. Okay. First of all, this isn't really a tool, but I was pitching for an advertiser and I came across um, the cheap glasses website. The first one I've ever knew was Zenny Optical. And it's because last year at BlogHer, they offered me a pair of free glasses so that I could walk around at BlogHer talking about my free glasses, which I didn't get till months after BlogHer. So it was kind of useless, but they were cool, but they bent within like the first, uh, Isaac probably ripped them to shreds. Oh, no. I know. So I had another company called Firmu, F-I-R-M-O-O. And I was pitching them for someone else. And they said, well, if she wants to do a video in her group, we'll gladly give her you know, half off or free pair of glasses. And I was like, um, all right, let me find out. So I, she was like, nah, I don't really want to do any video. I just want, you know, paid advertising. So I came back to her and I was like, she doesn't want to do it, but honestly, I can always use a new pair of glasses and I'm blind as a bat. So they were like, okay, here's the promo code and here you go. So I, so I ordered them. They're, they're a Chinese company. So I ordered them a little bit ago and I actually, it was a discount code for a free pair, but it was either that or buy one, get one free. Anyway, I got two pairs of glasses for 60 bucks. I was overjoyed because I have very thick and complicated. I'm, I'm that's not like a bifocal, but I'm, I basically without blind, with, I've told, yeah, without corrective eyewear, I need a dog. <laughs> so, um, so I got these two glasses. They're both kind of like horn rim. One is black, one is pink. They're really cute. I love them. They seem sturdy so far. And I feel very smart and cute when I wear them. So I just want everyone to check out Firmu, F-I-R-M-O-O dot com. And let's see. I also am going to probably show you guys um, the glasses in a video at some point. <gasps> How fun. Um, yeah, so I was really I need glasses too, you know, if you can scroll Why? me Why? No, you don't. Would be awesome. Do you? Yes, I do, dude. Yeah, I do. I do. Really I have do. a thingy. I haven't been able to get myself a thingy majigger. I mean, I have really? my prescription. I need to get a pair of glasses. Yes, absolutely. I need it. Unbelievable. So actually, yeah, it was a, it was code some. for a free pair of glasses is what it was. So I got a free pair of glasses and then the other pair must have been $60. So yeah, and they have a special collection just for bloggers, which I'm not necessarily a blogger, but I picked from that collection. But oh, they have so fun. many cute ones. And when you sign up for their email, Addy, they give you 15% off. But I mean, honestly, it's 15% off. Like if I'm in here right now. So like if I pick on a pair of glasses, it's $23 for the frame. Wow. So cheap. My ones that I got at LensCrafters were 300 And yeah. I just got two pairs of cutie boo glasses for $60. I can't believe it. That's so anyway, so yeah, so I they really need to love be a them. sponsor. They need to be a sponsor. Well, well, I think this is how they they sponsor. They just give you a free freaking pair. I don't think they do. Oh. This is why I got the glasses because they don't oh, do sponsorship. <laughs> but, Sweet. Um, check them All out. Right. Please check them out. Firmu.com. Um, and I'll put a link or a video where I can show you my snazzy glasses. Um, so that's not really a tool tip, but it is cool. So yeah, I think we've come to the end of our show today, guys. Just a reminder to get your podcast movement tickets now. It's coming up in August. Yes, Podcastmovement.com. You she podcasts for 15% off. And I guess what else? Follow us on Facebook at she podcast on Twitter at she podcast. Um, go to our group, facebook.com forward slash she podcast. See the show notes at she podcast.com. Is there anything else? 
Nah. I almost never do the sign out. Feedback, dude. Feedback, you guys. If you have feedback at feedback at shepodcast.com, you can email us, but we'd love voice feedback, so send it along. Yay! Love you. Mean it.